I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a treat today. Dean Graziosi is here. He's a multiple New York Times bestselling author. He is an entrepreneur, an investor, and I will tell you, he is a good friend of mine. He is one of the first people that I will pick up the phone to call when I am trying to figure out literally anything in my life, be it business or personal. Uh, he started or played a major role in more than 14 successful companies that have changed lives around the world, including his new mastermind.com platform. He's been on a mission for 20 years now to deliver self-education to those that are looking for transformation, fulfillment, and success outside of the traditional education path. His most impactful project to date has been also the largest online launch in history, a program he co-created with Tony Robbins called the Knowledge Broker Blueprint, where he has to almost 40,000 people in 150 countries helped make self-education the new norm. It's a transformational, unbelievable access to all the good knowledge that exists in the world. He's now planning to exponentially widen his impact by serving more than a million people in the industry with his new Own Your Future Challenge that I am actually participating inside of with Tony in May of 2021. I'm excited about it. Dean lives in Paradise Valley, Arizona with his wife, Lisa, his three children, one of whom I believe has a birthday today. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Dean to the show. What would the world look like if we all pushed ourselves to have candid conversations with people who didn't look like us? think like us, or live like us. I'm Dave Hollis, and I'm on a mission to learn more about this world by meeting more of the people who live here. You may not always agree with everything you hear, but I guarantee you'll come away more informed on topics you might never have thought to seek out before. This isn't just a podcast, it's a community. And when we raise each other up, we all rise, together. Hello, my friend. What's going on, Dave? Thank you for that amazing intro. That guy sounds pretty cool. Nice job. Good work. <laughs> How uh, you doing, Dave? I'm good, man. It's, uh, it's a crazy thing because we have the luxury, and I know it's a gift, a blessing, of being in each other's lives on the regular where when something comes up, it could be a good thing. We're all celebrating and cheering for each other. could be a hard thing. Uh, there, there's been something in the constant 
of your presence in my life that has just been such a gift. And I just want to acknowledge as we start out that, man, I appreciate you. And um, and I know your heart. I know the way that you are leading with this hope for service and impact first. And uh, it's part of why I get excited about getting to bring you on the show and have a conversation about all the good things that you're doing. Uh, I know I gave you the long intro, but for anyone who doesn't know your work, in your own words, could you give us just a little bit of a background in your story, your journey, how you find yourself where you do today? Yeah, I, I will. And But first off, Dave, I just want to say it, it's been just it's been an absolute pleasure for me, too. Since the day we had the chance to meet, there's been this, you know, we don't call each other on our birthdays and don't text every single day, but when we have, it's meaningful. And that's the kind of relationships we're all looking for in life, right? That chance that if we see each other once a month or once every six, it's a true connection. And I want to say thank you, first off, for for being that. Um, Secondly, though, I want to say thank you for all you're doing for the world. I mean, I've been watching you since the day we met. Your life has definitely transformed. Like, it is completely shifted. And you've been such an inspiration for so many. And I just want to tell you, it's well-deserved, man. You shared the messy middle. You shared the beginning, the middle, the end, uh, with no excuses, no apologies, no bumpers or buffers. And, and I can't tell you what that's meant to so many people. I get to watch, but I also see how my team resonates with you and how people are buzzing about you just being you. And I love seeing the man you are today, man. You, you went through a tough patch, talked about that. And, you know, we were, you know, sharing some pretty intimate stuff about that. But to see where you are now is just such a, a great thing for the world. So I, I want to say kudos oh. to you, not only for you, but what you're doing to inspire others to see what's possible. So uh, great stuff, man. Thanks, Dean. What a nice thing to say. I really appreciate that. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, but it's true. And, and so secondly, um, me. So I'll just share this so we can get to the point of, of delivering some really great capabilities and stuff. I know you guys have lots of options and choices and you're here with us. So if you're going to be here with us, we're going to deliver some good stuff. But just know that I've been at all different phases. I, I didn't go past high school. I've been broke. I lived in a trailer park with my mom until we were evicted. My parents were married nine times. I went through a divorce. I mean, I've made some horrible mistakes. I've failed at relationships. I've failed at business. But I also know what it's like on the other side of that to face your biggest fears, to keep moving forward, to take uncomfortable, courageous action, even when there's no sign things are going to work out. And I know what it's like on the other side of that, where all the good stuff comes in, the 13 companies, more success than I could ever imagine. I'm married to the woman of my dreams. I literally fall more in love every single day. That's not a Instagram story, it's my real story. I have a a one-year-old baby and a 14-year-old daughter and a 12-year-old son, and I'm just, I'm, I'm blessed beyond belief, but I also know what it's like backing up to have envy of other people getting ahead, to think there's no way I can have that happiness, there's no way I can have that success. And certain shifts and changes in my life have inspired me and changed my life so much that's why I'm hell-bent on sharing it. I know Dave feels the same way. And, you know, Dave and I have gone through different experiences, and Dave was going through a little something, and we talked, and we feel so blessed that we have each other, and we have access to all these great people, and we know a lot of the world doesn't. And I know my personal experience, and I know with Dave, too, and it's why I commend you for being here listening to this guy, is because we were able to reach out to people and go through a tough situation. It's inspired us to be more, to go deeper, to give back more, because you realize not everybody has access, but when you get the ability to listen to a podcast or gain capabilities, then then maybe you get a little shift today, take something that uh, can put you back on the right track. 
Yeah, you know, the, the inspiration for even doing this show was this idea of creating an empathy bridge between anyone who's listening and any of the experiences from anyone who comes onto the show so that we might afford people the opportunity to see some of their own stories and the stories of people who are here as guests or in anything I might be sharing, the experience of my experience. And I, I think there can be at times an impossibility to think that you, who has all this success, could in any way feel or experience the things that people at home are experiencing, especially in the midst of so much change that's going on. And yet, man, your journey, my journey, all of our journeys, there is this connected human experience that is holding both struggle and triumph at the same time. I've been spending a lot of time recently on identity and this idea of like, who am I? Why am I here? What is the role that I'm meant to play? I know you've been through a lot of shifts, right? You've created businesses yeah. in different sectors. You at one point were a person who was married, then not married now, are married. Like you've gone through shifts like anybody else has. What is it that you've done to approach understanding who you are? And what advice might you give to anyone who in the midst of change is grappling a little bit with, who am I now that I'm not who I was? Yeah. I think we're all going through a lot of, uh, you know, there's, I think, some grieving almost for what normal used to feel like in the midst of what now is a year into pandemic. Yeah. So, uh, you know, about 10 years ago, I figured out exactly who I was and I've never questioned it since. No, I'm, I'm completely kidding. <laughs> like, I think, I think this, there's this uh, fallacy, this, this belief that there's a certain place in your life and you go, oh, I get it. I know who I am. I know why I'm on this earth. And I think once we realize that's a moving target and accept it, I think that can be a really valuable thing for us because the man who I thought I was a half, just a half a decade ago before I met my wife, uh, the man I thought I was then, I thought I was just gonna be a single amazing dad not that many years ago and no one would accept the kind of, the way I love my children and put them first. And I had all these beliefs that I was just gonna be super dad and if I dated, maybe. And all of a sudden that shifted, right? And all of a sudden there was new beliefs and new love that I found like, so the, the whole point is there's outside circumstances and then there's our inner core. But if you say the two don't go together, it's not true because certain circumstances in your life going through a really difficult thing can open up new pathways. It's like an explorer getting off the path and saying, I know this is the road that everybody travels, but I'm gonna go through the woods. You have to navigate new territory, but sometimes you find a better route you find a better route and all of a sudden your mind expands and you realize there's another version of you, but you didn't realize it lived on the other side of the shit storm. Excuse my language, but that's really what it is. You got to steer your ship into the storm sometimes. So I know that wasn't a, a, a definitive answer, but I want to, I'll bridge that to what I believe this is this year. And this is only 2021. This is the theme of my family. I sat down with my 12, 14 year old and my wife on New Year's Day and we set our intentions for the year and you realize when your kids get a little older, if you wrote down 100 goals, you're doing none of them. You do 10, you're not doing anything. So we came up with a theme for 2021. And the theme was, who are we when no one's watching? Mm. And I think that's what's really helping me this year, Dave, is I don't know if I loved the guy I was a decade ago when no one was watching. I did really good forward facing, but I was a little full of crap. My relationship wasn't so good, but I pretended it was right? I was a good dad, but a little too busy and not like, there was certain things that 
that I really wasn't the man I wanted to be when no one was watching, but damn, I looked good in front of everybody else. They thought I had shit figured out, dialed in. So this year, I'm looking at it, and it was what I told my kids, especially going into 14 and 12. I said, you have access to watch stuff online. You can watch porn if you want. You could have access to drugs. You could probably drink at a friend's house. I'm not gonna know any of it, guys. It's all on you, but you get to decide who are you when no one's watching but you and God. That's your choice, and that's who that creates your character, that creates your values, that creates the guy that can leave his phone open with no passcode on it and leave his computer open and not be worried that you sent a text to the wrong person because you said something crappy, right? So this is my year, and I hope that start, you know, I hope that sparks something for you guys. Is I told my kids and my, I said, this is our year. Who are we when no one's watching? And yeah. because I, I'm kind of going on a long rant here, I told my kids. They both play sports. I said, you both want to be good. And you get to the game and you can tell the coach, I've been practicing all week. But if you didn't, you know why you didn't do so great. And that's okay. I'm not going to judge you. But don't pretend you're the person who practices all week, but you sit on TikTok. If you really, when people are watching, what happens is what you did when no one was watching, right? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's wild, Dean, is like what you're talking about is the same kind of thing that I've been trying to experience myself in this last year around this idea of integrity, right? Like, I know who I've been placed on this planet to be. I know what I've represented online or to my family of the kind of man I'd like to be on an every single day basis. And I, when I'm alone by myself, I'm the only one that knows if I've actually lived up to the standard of actually doing the things that are necessary to become that person. When I have... I feel fantastic when I'm by myself. When I haven't, that's where the shame, the regret, the lack of confidence all end up growing. I just, I love that idea. And for any of us who are interested in pursuing something for our future, staying connected to how you'd have to show up when nobody else is watching ends up being a big, huge key to it. Yeah, and, and I think there's a balance, Dave. I think we have to keep ourselves accountable, right? That's the only person that's gonna, there's no one watching except us. But I also think you got to give yourself some grace. If not, if you hold yourself accountable and you keep letting yourself down, then you're like, I keep failing. I'm a loser. Why should I even try? And I think what we have to measure is not just the uncomfortable action we take, but kind of create a culture of progress. You know, it's something I've been, there are the two words I probably said the most since the COVID issue is we have to, if we want to move forward, if we want to own our future, we want to be in control, we have to we have to take uncomfortable action because what was isn't there and pivoting or starting over or shifting is scary. So we have to move forward even when it's uncomfortable. But the second part of that to give yourself a little grace is not to compare yourself against the ideal version of you where you're in the perfect shape with the perfect love and the perfect dad and perfect business owner or perfect in your company and everything's perfect. Like compare yourself against that and you feel like crap or compare yourself against others online or friends that you know that you believe you have a perception they're perfect so i think the two things is moving forward even though when you're scared is moving forward even though you're scared as long as you're modeling someone who's already been there that helps but secondly i think this culture of progress to me what that means and i just love putting phrases that are easy for me to remember is you really just want to be a better version of you today than you were yesterday 
right? Yeah. Compare yourself to who you were a year ago, not the ideal person or your friend that you think's perfect. Yeah, it is. It's a nonlinear process. We've talked a lot in this podcast with basically everyone who's come on about how you can have three great days in a row. If you got a bad fourth day, the you know challenge isn't to focus necessarily on that fourth day, but to see how quickly you can get back to have another good day. And that is where grace ends up coming in for sure. We were having a conversation yesterday where you mentioned in this idea on your future, uh, this idea of ownership, right? The, the idea that if we don't own our future, someone else will. Those were your words. I love them. I wrote them down the second you said them. But when, it, when, when we think about casting a vision for our future, I, wanna do, I do want to talk about like this idea of ownership and playing the hero in your journey or the captain of your ship. How do you kind of embody that ownership when things are changing as much as they seem to be and there's as much uncertainty in the world? And some of what's required to move into that uh, is things that maybe you don't necessarily possess the skills to handle. Yeah, so really great question. You can go down a lot of roads, but I just see more than ever, I see a younger generation more involved in politics than I remember being young, right? My 12-year-old understands the difference between, like he was coming home debating between the, the Trump and, and, and Biden and understanding both sides and worried and concerned about it. I just don't remember that at a different generation. But I also hear more than ever is the hope of someone fixing it. Now, that's just one part of it, right? That's wherever you live in the world and you're listening right now, it doesn't matter if you're all the way to the left, all the way to the right, straight down the middle. I think we've we've evolved to a place where we feel like somebody's gonna fix it for us, right? And sometimes we hope that with friends or the career we have. Or, and all I know is that in a time like this, when the world shifts, when the carpet gets pulled out from underneath you, when you're not sure where the, where the world's going and you do have uncertainty, what happens, I believe, is the, the, the subconscious says, let's just wait. Oh, this is crazy. Let's fold our arms. Let's just wait. Stuff will go back. And I guess the question is, what if it never goes back? And if it did, here's a question. If it did, do you really want the life back that you used to have? One thing that pain shifts, changes, uncertainty creates is you to really look at your life and say, wow, was I doing the thing that served my soul, who I wanted to become? Right, so that's the first thing. The second thing is, and the reason I, I, I kind of shared that is when you take ownership and say, I'm gonna own my future, it's not easy, but it's the most liberating thing in the world because if you're successful, it's on you. But if you can take it and know if I fail, it's on me and it's just part of my journey. I mean, I've seen people say, when, when it goes right and the business is fueled, it's like, oh my God, I did this. And then when the business goes out, it's like the damn president or the economy or the Congress or that new rule. Like it, it's on me when I win and it's on everybody else when I lose. I think as hard as it may seem, it's so liberating to say it's on me. Listen, I, I went through a divorce. When I really look at it, it's on me. I could have done better, could have done different, could have changed things. I, I know I could have, right? Not that I'm saying I wouldn't go back in a million years and my ex is on fire, she's in the best place of her life, I'm in the best place of my life, my kids are in the best place. But when I look back, when I take full responsibility, I handled that divorce differently because it was on me. When my businesses wasn't, weren't working or the accountant messes up or the marketing messes up, 
If I say that's on me, it's just a different feel because I don't want to give that ownership to anybody else, Dave. I don't want to count on anybody. No one's ever came and waved a magic wand. No one's ever paid off my bills. No one's ever fixed my personal problems. I've gotten great advice and some really horrible advice, but it was always on me. Yeah, it's uh, in the book I just turned in, I have a chapter where I talk about the difference between an insurgent and an incumbent. Ooh. Right. Like there's a there's a you know a, a reference that I make to the difference between Blockbuster and Netflix when I was at Disney in the home entertainment business. One, believing that things would always be the same or that they could come back after they started going away. And the other Netflix pioneering, innovating, listening to what consumers were looking to do, leveraging new technology. And obviously we know one is still in business, a huge part of our world and the other is gone. But in telling the story, I also am trying to relate it to how we have to decide, are we going to be an insurgent in actively, proactively engineering the kind of life that we want for our future? Or are we going to, as an incumbent, hope that things stay the way that they've been? Or in real time, as we are experiencing this change from what life used to look like a year ago to what it looks like today, continue to operate off of a playbook that was for a completely different game. That game does not exist any longer. And since the game has changed, the playbook, the way that we operate inside the world has to change to reflect that the game itself is different. And I know you are someone who has pivoted so many times. You've found ways to be that insurgent in the way that you've approached building businesses and, and building and engineering your life. But one of the things I know that you are insanely passionate about is the idea of self-education. And, and so I want to have you explain a little for people that maybe have heard the term, have heard people discussing what a traditional education track looks like relative to the way technology and access to information changes the way that people can grow. When I bring it up in this context, I think about like in an insurgent mentality where you're trying to drive towards something great for your future, arming yourself with information is the only way that you can actually be successful. And I know that this, with the passion you have for it, is a big part of why you've been successful and, and feel so passionate about putting it in the hands of other people. Yeah, so I, I'm gonna reflect and tell you why I'm so passionate about it. But let me ask you, Dave, the first time we met, the first time we really got to know each other, we were sitting around a campfire in Idaho, right? Trent Shelton, a bunch of great people. I can just picture Trent with the cookies in his mouth, right? But we sat around there and you then were transitioning from your old world to a new world. And I could see the conflict in you. It was like, this is, this is one was, what do entrepreneurs do? They make stuff up and then they make it real, right? And not that you weren't an entrepreneur, but you were like a, a what's a better, you were a corporate person who was like an entrepreneur. You, you were, had an amazing skill. You were, uh, had a high level position. You had to do amazing things in your life to get to the position you were in. But that was over and you were moving to where you are now, but I caught you right in the middle. And I could yep. see the, like blank in your eyes, like some of the stuff we said, you were like, that sounds like magic, that can't be real. But then I watched in a moment, when we sat around for a couple hours, I watched, again, self-education. What is self-education? Learning from others who've already had the experience. When it came up and we talked about a different way to monetize a book launch so you could impact people's lives and keep it going and, and creating a monthly plan so you could coach people and change their life. I watched, it was like a, an engine if it's an eight cylinder engine, 
Did you ever see an eight-cylinder engine that runs on six? It's like, blum, 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 right? You were like six, and then you went to eight. Six, and then eight, and then more eight, then more. And, but you had an unfair advantage and by learning from people who've already been through the experience. And I would bet yeah. to say that compounded or took a learning curve of potentially five years and made it five months, right? Yeah. That's, to me, self-education is when you need the confidence to pivot, to shift. What Dave said before, I believe, when people think the world's going back, I don't think it's ever gonna go back to the way it was. It might resemble it a little bit, but it's never going back. And we can sit and reminisce and we could have stories about life pre-COVID and you could tell those stories forever. You could be the person that's looking backwards, trying to drive forward, looking in the rear view mirror, or you could say, no, the world has shifted. How do I become an investigative reporter? How do I learn to adapt, to adjust, to get in front of the wave? And what I usually know to be a fact is to learn from pioneers who've done it or even just a chapter ahead of me. And that's self-education. Dave sat around with a bunch of guys that were already in the business he was on his way into or shifting into, and he was able to pick our brains and take probably collectively a hundred years worth of knowledge in this industry and capture it in two hours and then, uh, of course, a weekend. And when people say, well, explain the, the industry a little more, like, so I understand what self-education is. I'm gonna tell two quick stories. One, in 11th grade, I decided not to take my SATs, Dave. And my guidance counselor called me down and said, if you don't take them, you can't go to college. And I said, look at my grades. I have dyslexia, I struggle. I'm, I'm barely getting out of here. Next year, this was 11th grade. I said, next year, I'll be out of school by 11 o'clock. I'm gonna go to work with my dad. And she said, wow, no college. And she sat there and she said, okay, now listen, Triple R Industries is always hiring. And she told me where I could go get an application. Dave, back then, it was the only factory in my little town. They made plastic bags and they hired people at $4.97, that's what minimum wage was in 1985. So what it basically was is college, ah, parts, sky parts, angels sing to you, nothing wrong with college, but, or go, don't even work for your dad because that probably won't work out. Go get a minimum wage job. and. I wasn't smart enough to understand what self-education was at that time, but right out of school with a desire for more, I started learning from the three people in my town that were successful. They were all in real estate. My parents were divorced nine times. They were married and happy and seemed like they were successful, and I became friends with them. One was 50, 47 years older than me, Mark Miller. And I just learned, I absorbed so much from learning from these guys' experience that my parents thought I was insane. They're like, who is this kid? You're a dreamer. We didn't come from money. They, they were born, like had all these excuses. And then I started buying courses. I bought Tony Robbins course and Dale Carnegie and Earl Nightingale. And all of a sudden it was like, oh my God, this, like it, when I discovered it, Dave, I was like, does, excuse me, does anybody else know that you don't have to figure this stuff out on your own? There's books and courses and tapes and masterminds of people that have already been it. And to me, I looked at self-education as roadmaps in anything I want to do. Want to be a better dad? Okay, I find the guy that's the best dad that wrote the book, absorb the book, implement, see if it works, interview this person, get in this mastermind. And when I went down that path, Dave, it changed everything. And still, I, I've never... I barely got out of 12th grade, but I've, I've been blessed to start 13 companies, do so many great things. And so much of that is because I'm a constant learner, finding people who've already been there, cut them a check if I need to, learn from them, and then go implement. And, and that's self-education, not knocking traditional. But here's what I believe about traditional right now. 
and I believe it with my own children, so I can tell you my personal preference. If my kids wanna go to college for the experience, my son might wanna be a scientist or a doctor, he's gonna need to. But I believe college moves at a very linear pace. I believe if you brought somebody back just 50 years and put them in a classroom, if you gave them an iPad, you gave them a phone, anything, they'd be like, oh my God, all this in 50 years. And then you go into the classroom and they'd go, oh, the chalkboard's now a whiteboard. What's changed much in 50 years, right? Our world is growing exponentially. And I think traditional education in most areas is growing linear. And I think that's an unfair advantage. So if you said how to shift, how to pivot, find someone who's doing it in the area you want to shift in and absorb their knowledge, learn from them, learn from their mistakes so you could start off on third base. Yep. How big is this business? Because it's a thing that didn't even exist. I mean, like there's like, it's reminiscent to me of like, an Uber or an Airbnb or a Netflix that like did never exist. And now all of a sudden is a huge industry. I know for myself as a consumer that did not consume any of this stuff, the skeptic in me refused to take advantage of the things that actually exist, but it is, it's a, it's a big deal, right? It is. Well, well think about this. So we, we have Tony Robbins and I have a partnership and we have a platform where we help people extract what they know and share it with the world on this platform. For example, my son, Luca, who's just a year old right now, was born with severe eczema. We've taken him to multiple doctors. We're, we're blessed to have access to a lot of people, but a lot of it is steroids and medical and we're trying natural. Simultaneously, a mom who had a son with eczema went through the same path. She spent a year obsessing on how to cure her son naturally. So she's not a doctor. She didn't go to school for it, but she took and created a course on how she cured her son naturally of eczema through a two-year journey of multiple doctors, multiples, how to change internally, what creams to put on, what clothes, what shampoo to wash their body and their clothes with, and all this kind of stuff. My wife, instead of trying to figure it all out on her own, my wife spent, I don't know, 97 bucks. She went and bought this girl Jamie's course and my wife absorbed the entire thing and said, oh God, babe, there's three things I missed. I gotta change this, I'm gonna stop milk, I'm gonna get this one test. And in a day and a half, my wife had this woman's two years experience for under $100. But isn't? But that's where the world is going. If I'm going yeah. through a divorce and I don't want my kids to be messed up, I wanna find somebody who went through a divorce and their kids are on fire. Okay, please build a course, do a workshop, hold something, a Zoom call, teach me, right? And that's why this industry, Forbes just said, it's about 350 million a day right now as an industry. And Forbes says by 2025, it'll be a billion dollar a day industry. Because when people wow. are learning, my daughter, give you an example, my daughter likes art. So he just, just the way the world is, is trained. She's 14 when she went to uh, wanting to learn oil painting because she was doing like just fun stuff. She said to me, dad, you think there's anybody on your platform that teaches? I said, go look. She comes back, she goes, oh, this guy Anthony's holding weekend Zoom calls for 47 bucks, I'm gonna buy it. And like that weekend, my daughter has got the screen up, she's got a canvas up, and she's painting with Anthony on Zoom, right? So that's self-education. As a, as a vehicle to get through divorce, I, I mean, you if you're not learning guitar while you go through a divorce, I don't even think you're actually getting divorced. But <laughs> I found myself a coach for my guitar and I am slowly learning how to play, but it's the, it's the same kind of thing. It is. It's the same kind of thing. So let's talk about this challenge. I get to be a part of it. I'm super, super excited. Tell everyone a little bit about the Own Your Future Challenge. I mean, before you do, I, I, I do want to throw this out because owning your future in some respects requires that you actually have a sense of what that future looks like. 
I know for me, in the midst of all the chaos of this last year, one of the hardest parts for me was conjuring the imagination for what next looked like, since what I thought it was going to be was now gone. And it really required me looking my fear in the eye, understanding what the blocks were for me, having the belief in myself or the belief in the good that could still exist, even though there were things that were hard in real time. And I'm curious, how, how has vision, casting a vision, been a thing that you do in your own life or do with your kids? And, and how does that then ultimately apply when you get into what this Own Your Future challenge ends up looking like? Yeah, so a really great question, Dave. And, and I have to tell you, when, when I look back at stressful times in my life, we listen, let, let me just back up and say, the only way to move forward is we need a lighthouse. We need something, a beacon of light that we're moving towards. Because if we look at our mistakes, we look at our past, the things we lost, if we focus on the wrong things, we get stuck on a treadmill and we can't go anywhere. So we know, let's just say it, I'm not the first one to share it with you, I'm just a reminder service here today. We all need a compelling future, or call it whatever you want. We need a lighthouse, we need a beacon of light, we need hope, we need a goal, we need a dream, we need a compelling future to look forward, say things aren't perfect today, but they're gonna get better if I stay on this. But here's what I noticed when I went through some tough times in my life, Dave, and maybe you can resonate or share, is it was like at any other time in my life, I could like poke my head up from my crazy life, the smoke, and I could see where my life is going and say it's worth it. I'm in a tough place. I'm working hard. This business, I don't know if it's going to make it, but I'm going to make it But because I could see where we're going. Oh my God, that's where the business is going to be for a year. You come back down and you go back to work. Ah, tough day. Let me poke back up. Oh, there's my future. There, There it is. It's great. But here's what I noticed. When things are uncertain, when you're going through a fearful time or a scary time or a stressful time, it's like someone put a lid and you can't pop up out of the freaking cloud to see your yeah. compelling future. Did you experience that? And you start At thinking- 100%. And you start thinking, oh my God, is this how my life's gonna be forever? Am I gonna feel this way forever? I made it for 50 years, I made it for 40 years, but now it's like the wheels came off. It's like somebody puts a lid on your compelling future. I know it's a silly analogy, but it's the way I feel like, I do this. I'm a multiple New York Times bestselling author on that topic, and I couldn't get my head out of the clouds to look and see where I wanted to go. I just thought I'm gonna be sad, I'm gonna feel bad about my kids, they're gonna be fragmented, or my business failed, and I'm gonna be broke, and I'm gonna go back, and people are gonna, like, so I know that vicious circle, or vicious cycle, I should say. So what I've done is make sure that you always are working on a compelling future that you always have it there. And when things go sideways, when it's a tough time, that's the most important time to go get proof that other people have gone through it. When I was going through a tough time, I was blessed. I reached out to everybody in my personal life that went through a divorce and they landed in a good place. And I just asked over and over, it was repetitive. I asked probably 20 different people. I read books, I didn't have to do it once. You can't go to the gym once. You gotta go to the gym all the time. I kept asking, kept asking. And finally I started seeing light. Finally that, that lid came off and I could pop my head up every once in a while and say, oh my God, there is a brighter future for everybody. Okay, let me get back to work but I had to ask, I had to learn from other people. I had to get proof that it was gonna be good because listen, other people have said it, but Tony Robbins says it a lot. We always have an, we're always focusing, always gonna focus on something, but we can always find things to focus on that could go wrong and did go wrong and what we don't have. But yeah. we also always have the opportunity to focus on what did go right, what we did learn and where we could go. We have three, we have both sides and it's our choice. The focus is, we are gonna focus. 
So if I tell myself that over and over, if I have my beacon of light, my compelling future, and I learn and I model people who've already done it, you can break through and see where you want to go. And I'd just tell you, sometimes when you're going through a tough spot in your life, you have to focus on it every day. You have to read your vision every day. You have to sell yourself in the mirror every day to get yourself in this space of not a great time right now, but I can't wait to where we're going to be. Yeah. I, I used this quote in my last book. I brought it up on this podcast before. I'm using it in my next book. It's a Les Brown quote. Hope in the future is power in the present. If you can't connect to that hopeful future, you have no chance at maintaining the momentum, getting back up when you fall down, feeling motivated on the days when it's hard. So it's, it's such an important thing. And if you as a listener in any way are struggling to cast that vision, I would really, really encourage you to spend some time with your fear. Because I know for me personally, the thing that was that ceiling that wouldn't allow me to pop my head above the cloud that Dean's talking about was my fear. The fear of the unknown, the fear of who I was now that I wasn't who I'd been, the fear of getting it wrong, all of these fears. But when I brought those fears into the light and was able to sit with them, understand what they were trying to tell me, actually ask if they were real or not real, and if they were, create a plan to address them. They weren't going to go away, but now I'd be prepared to, to face them head on, it allowed me to actually now cast a vision right on that blank piece of paper that I'd been handed in a way that turned it from terrifying to exhilarating. Because now I was the author, the, 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 the hero in my own journey, the captain of my ship. But I love the idea too of finding people who've already been in that. They know how to get through it. They can give you some hope that you can borrow for just a bit of time when you need it. And everybody has a different way to explain the same thing. Right? You could ask five people who all had good results. One might be more tactical, one could be heart-centered, one did it through compassion, one did it through therapy. But guess what? One or multiple of those people or little pieces from each are gonna resonate with you and you can pull those pieces, like take what serves you and throw the rest away, right? And yep. you get those pieces that serve you and they build up, they're cumulative. And all of a sudden you're, you're looking at that compelling future, you have hope. And, and I have to tell you the greatest gift, and, and I see it in you, and you don't even have to share, I already know it, but when you step off the path and you go through a rough terrain, I, I equate it to navigating, you, you navigated new territory on your personal map that wasn't on the map before. I never went through a shift like this in my life. I never went through something scary. You can sit and, and get small and you never learn, but know that going in that scary, dark hall of life when you come out the other side, you're not scared of this dark hall anymore because you navigated that. It's like, I went through that, I'm fine. I'm exact, in fact, I'm not fine. I'm way better than fine. I identified, I have more empathy for other people in that dark spot. I know what it's like on the other side and I wanna bring people over here with me. So true. I mean, there's, yes, post-traumatic stress and there's also post-traumatic growth. And wow. I've experienced both, right? Like you, you definitely have some stress that comes and hard times and having the rug pulled out and everything that collectively we're grieving in the loss of normal for this last year, but also there are muscles that are being broken down that we didn't even realize we had, that as they get built back up on the other side of this, we're going to be so much stronger, have much, so much more connection to the tenacity and the resilience that we had to show. We, we didn't get a choice, but we had to show it in, in having to. Now we'll just know we have it the next time something ends up coming up. It's not a question of will things get hard again? They're gonna, unfortunately. It's just when. But when it's they when. do, right? And so it's when. And now knowing that you can handle hard things, you'll just walk into the next situation 
with way more confidence, far more prepared, feeling more like you can get through whatever it is that life ends up throwing your way. Tell, tell us all about this challenge. I'm excited about it. Tell us about what this Own Your Future Challenge is. Yeah, so Tony Robbins and I, a year ago, when the world shifted, we're sitting down talking about it's socially distancing, socially distancing, gotta be distance. And we came up with this term of like, we need people to be virtually connected. If you can't socially be around everybody, then virtually we need a way to be connected. We need a way to not you know, let uncertainty be our driving force. So we started to come up with this model of putting challenges together to deliver massive value to people at home. And we started obsessing on bigger studios where I'm filming right now in a cool studio where I could see if we were doing Zoom, I could see 500 people at one time. But that's the tactical side. We started thinking, how do we deliver a lot of value to people who need it to shift a mindset, to gain certainty, to gain capabilities? So we did something called the comeback challenge and we put like 300,000 people in it. And then we did another challenge and we did the start over challenge and we just got done with the new world, new you challenge about two months ago and we put 837,000 people in it. And it was unbelievable, Dave, to watch 190 countries, 800 plus thousand people and them getting the capabilities they need to, to, it's a new world. That's what we said, it's a new world. You need to become a new you. And it was just so empowering that we decided in May, May 11th, uh, we're doing a new challenge called the Own Your Future. Because the way Tony and I feel and we see it is, if you're not taking ownership of where you wanna go, if you're not investigating where the world is going, if you're not looking into Netflix and you just got your arms crossed staying with Blockbuster, you're gonna be left behind. So we decided to do this challenge. Last one was just kind of Tony and I. Uh, we decided to do this one and bring in some amazing people and amazing friends. Dave, you're one of them. Uh, and it's May 11th, it starts. It's a five day free challenge. And every day we're gonna show a different perspective, how to get a new future, be an investigative reporter. We're gonna pull back the curtain on the self-education industry and see if it's something you'd love to be a part of. But here's the cool part, we got so many cool guests. A lot of them are friends, are our friends from Jenna Kutcher and Brendan Bouchard. We just uh, just found out today Serena Williams is joining us. So we got, I love her, she just, talk about owning your future. She owns her future, right? But every day we're gonna have two to three amazing guests, all hell-bent, on empowering you with tools and capabilities to own your future in this shifting time. If you have to pivot, if you have to start over, if you have to make a subtle shift or a big shift to be locked arms and our goal is 1 million people. So I think we're gonna be doing the first ever 1 million person own your future challenge. I'd love for you guys to join us. If you go, it's absolutely free, not kind of free, no catch. How much is it? (laughs) Come on. Free, free. And you go to ownit34.com, ownit34.com. I know you'll put it in the notes, but legit. And, and don't just go, I mean this, don't just go. Grab a friend, grab somebody in your family. I'll have to tell you, this is happening right now, especially with my partner, Tony. He used to be on the road 270 days a year, traveling all around the world doing events. He couldn't do stuff like this. And when the world opens up, I know him. He loves being on the road, impacting people. It's gonna go back. So this is one of those rare times. And when can you get Brendan, Serena Williams, and Jenna Kutcher, and Trent Shelton, and wait till you see the lineup. I mean, it's unbelievable the people that are coming to serve. That wouldn't happen in a normal world because they'd be in different places, different parts of the world. It's like herding cats. And we have the opportunity to have this incredible group of people, Prince EA, like just so many amazing people. So uh, don't just go register. Get a friend, get an accountability partner, and show up on uh, May 11th. It's gonna be a blast. I cannot wait. I am so excited. I am coming into town. I will be standing next to you in Arizona, in your studio that you're taping from right now. 
trying to bring the goodness, the light, all the things to help people see that lighthouse on the other side of this season that we find ourselves living inside of. If uh, people do not already have a relationship with you online, where, Dean, can you direct them so they can follow you on the socials, any kind of website, anything and everything that would let someone dive deeper into the DG world? Yeah, you can go to uh, Instagram. I do a, I try to do a story every day on Instagram. We're growing pretty fast there. So at Dean Graziosi on Instagram. And we have a podcast at deanspodcast.com, which is growing pretty darn fast as well. Awesome. All right, last question. Every time I have anyone on the show, we finish with this. If you could leave our audience today with a single takeaway, it could be a question, could be an actionable piece of advice. What's the one thing that you would want to leave them with that might afford them a little bit of light, a little bit of joy, a little bit of peace in their life? Yeah, just I would say I wish someone told me at a younger age to question your thoughts. As crazy as it sounds, and you've heard it six gazillion times circumstances don't predict our life. Our interpretation of those circumstances direct our lives. If you're having a tough day, question your thoughts. If you're having a great day, question your thoughts and model it for another day. Your thoughts will be the thing that shift you forever. And it's the thing I still work on on a daily basis. Oh, I love that. Question your thoughts. Well, thank you, Dean, for being here. Thank you for your friendship. Thank you for every single thing. You've been such an amazing light in my life. And I know you've been light to the listeners of this show today. I appreciate you. Uh, Listener, if uh, you would, do Dean and I a favor. Take a picture of wherever you're listening to the podcast from. Share it on your socials to every human being you've ever known in your entire life. And tag both myself and Dean so that we can thank you in our DMs between now and next week. Do what Dean says. Question what you're thinking. Go out and have yourself a great day, week, and we will see you on the next episode of Rise Together. Thank you, Dean. Thank you, Dave. Rise Together is hosted by me, Dave Hollis. This show is produced by Chelsea Harfouche and edited by Andrew Weller with production support by Sterling Coates. Cameron Berkman is our executive producer. Rise Together is a product of The Hollis Company.